All right, welcome to the Speaker Peace Podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton. Uh, we got two SYP creators joining us. First, SYP creator Scott. Scott, what's up? What's going on? Oh, going, doing well. It's uh, hot outside, but we're uh, staying cool here, and it's going to be a good pod. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good pod. Also joining us is SYP creator Rab. Rab, what's going on, big guy? Man, it's just hot. <laughs> Nothing else to it. Uh, they usually say beautiful British Columbia. It's burning hot British Columbia. <laughs> like it's, I think it's got up. I think this is the hottest I can ever remember it being here for us in BC. Uh, I saw that Lytton, BC apparently broke the record for hottest temperature ever recorded in Canada or something. Mm. Maybe for here? this day. I think it would have been like for yesterday. Lytton just broke the record for hottest temperature ever recorded in Canada. Nope. That, oh. they, they just, it's 46.1. Oh. The record before was 45 degrees in Saskatchewan in 1937, July 5th. Holy shit. So it's, it's still meant to be, it's meant to be 47 on Tuesday. So, so. right. I was going to say, so yeah, 47. 108 Fahrenheit. So pretty much I'm just going to pull up the weather app right now. So again, we're recording this uh, after 10 after six on Sunday night. And yeah, it's, it's a hundred for, for me and Burnaby here, which is yeah, it says just 39. <laughs> it says 39 for Burnaby. I think it's still set to my old address, but it says 39 for Burnaby on my computer. <laughs> it was 39 and a half Scott when I was driving back from the mall yesterday. Um, That's nice, just oh. ridiculous. Yep. Uh, so it's, again, it's Sunday night. Uh, we're previewing the Stanley Cup Finals. This podcast will come out on Monday. Game one of the finals should be uh, should be on the night of the release of this podcast. Um, we'll do a quick recap of. Uh, we're not calling it conference finals. We're calling it semifinals series between Montreal Vegas. Yeah, I'd say Stanley Cup semifinals because it's not true conferences this year. It's yeah, I just, we just call them. I think most people call them semifinals. This so year. semifinal series. So Montreal beat Vegas in six games. Uh, kudos to Terry Lekkinen for getting the game winner in Game Six in overtime, like everyone thought. Uh, and then uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning defeated the New York Islanders in seven games, which is a really tough way for your season to end if you're the Lightning. Uh, giving up just one goal in game seven against the Lightning, but it's a shorty and you don't score any goals. So that sucks if you're the Islanders. But we, we get a Montreal-Tampa Bay final. Um, all right, none of us are surprised. I guess the Montreal beating Vegas is surprising in retrospect, but any quick thoughts on the, com- the semifinal series? On uh, paper, I mean, yeah, on paper, it's an upset. The Montreal yes. Vegas because Vegas was a two seed going into the playoffs, and Montreal technically is the 18th seed in the whole NHL, and that would put them out of the playoff picture. Um, however, this year, because of how the conference had lined up, it um, they managed to sneak in. And you know, to, again, they started the season, the Habs started season nine one, they were looking like they were going to be the best team in the North Division, and it's just yeah, they've they had some injuries, and now everyone's kind of getting back and getting healthy. and yeah, good for them. I picked Vegas to win the cup, and man, the Montreal Canadiens still sure ruined that. So it's uh, it's a tough way for Vegas to get eliminated. It's also tough a little bit if you're like the Toronto's and Colorado's, where oh god, like, yeah, like Toronto gets eliminated by Montreal. We we obviously discussed that, but Colorado, you lose to Vegas, and then Vegas goes and loses loses to Montreal. So that that's a little bit of a slap in the face too. I think if you're the Abs. Um, so this is kind of our Stanley Cup finals preview. Uh, we're previewing the finals. We got a lot. We're, mo- we're mostly talking about finals. We'll talk about some other hockey stuff, but it's mostly the finals. So I guess the first question I have, are the Habs really Canada's team? This, this Is Canada behind the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, I'll start with Rab first because Rab roots for a fellow Canadian <laughs> team. Uh, are you pushing for Canada's team, right? Uh, yeah, no, I am fully. Uh, I don't, I don't want Tampa to win. To be honest, that's it. There's not really much to it. It's more. So I, I also, and I guess the second reason is because Carey Price, and I mean even Weber, deserve a cup. That, yeah. that, those two are my, my my main reasons as to why I'm cheering for them, and why I assume many or many people are cheering for. Them. I think just Carey Price is such a likable figure, yeah. and I mean he's the best goalie of the generation. On, like the only one who'll even even come close to him, in my opinion, will be like Flurry or Vasilevsky. Yeah, and again, I agree with Raph there too. Is that you know Tampa won last year, and you know again, 
would it be cool to see them go back to back? Sure. It hasn't been done. It's only been done once since 2000. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mind Patrick Maroon. I don't want to see him three peat though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, back to um, Ian's point about the Islanders losing in game seven, like that was all Vasilevsky. So again, he put, he stood on his head and he's going to have to do it again against the Canadians. Um, yeah. It's I'm with Rav too. I, the Canadians, the Canadians, Canada's first official um, team since the NHL started in 1917, and um, yeah, they're I don't know I I root for them. Go Montreal, I guess. Le Habitants. Yes. Uh, um, I'm pushing for Montreal because I'd like to see Kerry win a cup. Weber, yeah, not quite to the same extent, but I I still like to see Price win the cup. It's funny having the debate about Canada's team because now people are just like, well, actually, Canada's team is Team Canada. Like when they play at the World Championships and the Juniors, it's like, okay, you're kind of ruining the exercise, though. Hey, you're, yeah, I'd rather cheer for Price than freaking Mangiapane and Brown. I'm sorry. Darcy, Darcy Kemper is not as fun to root for than Carey Price. No, uh, I guess Michael DiPietro have to root for him because he's a Canucks. Oh, there you go. Yeah, true. Um, Max Comtois, Adam Henrique were two key cogs on that world championship team all right um, fine i will say troy stetcher i will i will mention troy yeah stetcher. we all like troy troy boy from richmond um oh, yeah. so i guess the question because montreal is going to be the underdog once again like in every series they've been a part of uh how does montreal win this series scott i'll go to you first how do they have to win the series Mont- one of montreal's advantages over tampa bay is is their depth Yes, Tampa Bay's depth is very good. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that Montreal's got four lines that can all score. I don't really trust the Johnson-Maroon line to score against any of Montreal's defense, to be honest. And again, I think more to the depth of Montreal is that, sure, again, Tampa Bay's got Hedman, they got Sergachev, but they're missing Chernak, and I think they're missing another defenseman as well. Um, but Edmund, I was gonna say Hedman's not one hundred percent, and that's that's to my point as well. Is that Tampa's defense is kind of hurting, where Montreal's defensive core is super solid, and they still have Romanov, who hasn't even who's barely played. He's played like a couple games in the playoffs. So, fact is, like, I think Montreal's defensive, if our overall depth is better, but it'll come down to star power and what Kucherov can do for Tampa Bay. Personally, Rav, uh, how does Montreal win the series? Um. I think Scott really hit the the depth part pretty well. It they have four lines who can score, and I mean they they play really well two way as well. Like Suzuki, Suzuki is also very underrated as a two way player. I think he he can even become like close to a Selkie level, maybe not quite like as good as Denault defensively, but like a really good two way forward that you can have. Um, I guess another thing is like with the depth is that they do have like certain players that can fit in multiple spots, like. Armia, I think he's on COVID uh, protocol right now. They just so, announced it this morning. Yeah, he's on COVID protocol. Evans was playing in his spot. So, I mean, it's good to see him back, obviously, because that injury looked brutal when, when he got he got hammered by, uh, what's his name, Shifley. He got decked by Shifley. That was a brutal hit. <laughs> I'm not going back to that one. But, yeah, I mean, he's if he's back, like he, he's a good player. He can fit on that line. I mean – for for that line, you don't really need scoring. You just gotta like get in, get out, and make sure they don't score. That's mainly their job. You really, but it's nice to have, I guess, Stall and Perry on that line because those guys. I mean, they've scored forty goals both of them multiple times. So I don't know. I I think they like. I think they can get by this team, Tampa, because they've. I mean, they got they got by Vegas and Toronto. I mean, I don't know what Winnipeg was doing, but they got by them too. But. Yeah, I guess the defensive thing, I, I want to see what they do with, I guess, the bottom pairing too because they're going to have to roll three lines against this team because they're not going to be able to go back and forth with, I, I don't think, I don't know if Sherratt, Weber, Edmondson, and Petrie can just roll against like Kucherov, Point, Palat, all these guys. It's it's going to be difficult for them. So, you know, you might. I, I, this is a point where you might actually have to take Gustafson out of the lineup, maybe do Merrill... Kulak if you want to go full all-out defensive yeah. or I don't know I, I, I don't know what you do for that bottom pairing because that's that's a weird thing weird thing that I was looking at um I don't know Gustafson again he's worked ever since I said he wouldn't work so I mean he also works 
Yeah. He's, I would say he's also been a key part. He's been the power play quarterback. Yeah, so. I mean, that's the one thing I've always been like. Uh, that's why I always uh, – the guy is an elite, like, puck-moving defenseman. He just he just has a lot of mishaps. But besides that, the guy is lethal on the power play, and that's the reason why their special teams have been so good, like, and especially the power play. And their penalty kill is amazing. It's like 40 straight or something. Yeah. They've, that, I think that's been the biggest difference. The special teams has been automatic for the Canadians. and Like, both – obviously, penalty kills. Like, yeah and Ve- like for Ve- not to go back to vegas all right not to go back to vegas but like they gotta switch that up like i said that last time like something has to change with that power play because or, or that whole special teams unit because that's uh you can't have guys like that on your team like stone and all like you know you got a good defensive core and these guys aren't putting up i mean the def- defense did really well that series but the f- top six scored two goals it was just smith and patch I was, I was going to say two things. One, if you're Vegas, Alex Petrangelo cannot be your biggest offensive threat. As much as like I like Petrangelo, and I as think good he's a good as player. He is, right? Yeah, you can't. He can't be your best offensive threat if you're Vegas. Like Pacioretty has to score more. Like the guy was honestly like that guy was playing like a top ten winger, top ten left winger <laughs> during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then you know he comes out. In the, I mean, he came out in that round. And I mean, that's that's the thing with uh, Montreal. They. They got guys that can do like locky down, man. You don't you don't expect it. That Lekkinen, Denol Gallagher line played amazing that whole series. Like Gallagher, if you look at his stats, obviously like just his scoring, he hasn't scored much at all. Like at at, at like at any pace the whole playoffs, he's just been. But if you watch the games, he's been everywhere, and the guy is a dog, dude. Well, he's a heart and soul of that team. I think that's you know again cliche as well, but he's such an important piece on the Canadians and. Like Raf, to your point is that he is, yeah, he's not putting up the numbers, but his, you know, his value to a team is yeah. so high. You just don't, you don't see it on the on the on the scoreboard or in the in on the, yeah, on the stats and stuff. And, like, and same with yeah, same with like Kakeni. I mean, the guy's young, but he's he's gonna. I think he'll be fine. He'll be he can be a he'll be a good top six forward. I think in the future too. Um, he's he's someone who I he could also become like a decent like two-way like playmaker kind of player that's what i've seen him to be but i don't know uh, there's a lot of guys that team i could see like in the future become even better i feel like i don't know what you do with like tatar and the, like because i feel like that's a guy that's like so good and he's on the bench i doubt he'll make he'll get any time anymore like you don't really want to put a guy in the finals that you haven't played since what game barring, it, barring an injury though i will say if well, someone gets knocked. Someone gets injured in yeah i guess i, I mean him, maybe to talk i they weren't using uh I don't think Tatar was on the line with uh, what's the stall and Perry to, at all during practice. I think it was just Evans, and he was in a like a contact jersey, so like he was he was playing like in full practice. So I think he'll most likely be in next game, or like I don't know. You might I don't see who else <laughs> you get in Michael Froelich or something. And you throw I don't know. You or go you go deep. Arvia comes back from COVID protocols hopefully sooner. Yeah, I think he, I think he'll probably. I, I know he's not traveling. I think to Vegas, so that's game one and two, but. I think game three, he could be back. I, I, he's had a rough season, obviously, with the, the Myers hit, and then he got COVID in March and got vaccinated, and now he's back on COVID protocol again, which is brutal. But, I mean, the guy, is, he's persevered through a lot, and he's the big part of that team. No kidding. So my my thing for this series, um, you, we touched on it a little bit earlier, it's the Tampa power play versus the Montreal PK, where Tampa Bay's power play – it's pretty legit. It's a seriously good power yeah. play, like both units. And you go up against Montreal's penalty kill, which has been un fuego. I don't know what that is in French, but pretty hot. I don't know what that's like. Spanish. That's Spanish. Well, no, in fuego, I know is French, but I don't know what the French or, or is uh, Spanish. In, in fuego is Spanish. I don't know what the French equivalent of that is, unfortunately. But you know what I mean. Like Montreal's PK is very hot. And they like to capitalize on like the quick turnovers and, you know, quick two on ones the other way and capitalize on those. I don't know how many of those Tampa Bay will be offering, but if Montreal can still get scoring chances from those odd man rushes the other way, shorthanded, it might, it, it could be a closer series. It might be the difference in this series. So yeah, the, the rushes will definitely be a big part of Montreal's game. Cause that's how they, I mean, that's how they got by Vegas. That's yeah. really, that, cause if you look at, if you watch the games, it was, like Vegas had much more zone time overall, I think, in that whole series. But the rushes, I mean, the Lekkonen goal was off a rush, you know. I was gonna say the, how they won the series with off an odd man rush. Goal. So I could just show how, like, I guess I like, brought it all together <laughs> the way they were winning. I mean, and also it's just like it was just a typical hockey play where it's like, oh, goalie makes a great save, like uh, on that shot. I forgot who it was. It was either McNabb or Martinez. 
think it was Martinez, shot, saw it, yeah. Martinez blocker save, yeah. and it goes the other way. And I mean, yeah, someone lucky and it ended it. Um, also, shout out Alec Martinez, who apparently played the whole postseason on a broken foot. I think it was, dude, and he played good too. That and he was good. really good. I, I, I'll, I'll pull it up, but I'm pretty sure like he had a, a significant injury that he was. That was a that was a big goal he scored. It's probably the biggest of his career. Uh, oh, the t- well, the one. T- no, I say the one in 2014 is big. Nah, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, that was a joke. Okay, Alec <laughs> Martinez played through broken foot in the playoffs. Oof. That, I mean, the guy's yeah, the guy's a beast. Skated more than 22 minutes a game on a broken foot for over a month while blocking a playoff leading 72 shots. That's crazy. Um, so pretty much we kind of talked about how Montreal might win this series. Do we think Tampa Bay has any weaknesses? Is it the health of maybe Hedman, their lack of depth? Like I mean, Cernak bottom? is their like main shutdown defenseman with like Hedman not being 100% really. Mm-hmm. So to lose him has been, I mean that's like that's a big part. But also, I mean they they won one nothing. They they didn't allow a goal with Luke Shen there, and Luke Shen scored. I'm pretty sure. And the he scored. Game, like, he scored in game five. Yeah, I mean like like that just shows like the guy hasn't played at all, and like even like and he played all last year too when when they won the cup. Like the guy's a champion. It's <laughs> good. Like they they have so much good depth on the team, and it works out. I think they still have. I don't know if Cal Foot's on the team or. I don't yeah, know he's, he, he's either he's kind of on the bubble. He's in probably on like the taxi squad. Yeah, but like he yeah. can he could come in too. Like you know, you got these guys that like he he's a top six defenseman on a lot of teams, and you know. And so I mean, it, it's uh it's gonna be difficult for Montreal to get by that defense, and just I, I think the forward core like defensively is like relatively solid for Tampa, but I think Montreal has an upper upper hand on that just because I don't think. I think most of the, the the forward core on Tampa is more offensive, but again, the defense on that team with McDonough, Sergachev, Sergachev for Drouin trade that that doesn't look too good now. Obviously, with Drouin not really playing, I think he's I forgot he's, a, he's away on personal leave, personal reasons. Yeah. yeah, but like uh, even before that, like the trade was brutal because like Sergachev really you could like Sergachev could be a top two defenseman on 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 Detroit. For yeah. example, yeah, I'd be, I'd be I'd be cool with a Sergachev. Sergachev Heronic, Sergachev Heronic, Sergachev Stetcher, Sergachev Cider. That'd, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Cider is coming next year. That's gonna be nice. Be nice. Um, Scott, do you any weaknesses for the Bolts coming into the finals back second finals in as many years? Um, health health of the team again. This is their second run in uh tw- two years, and you know condensed schedule this year. Bobble last year, which was also condensed schedule. I'm worried about the health, especially if Hedman, if he's got issues, because um, he logs a lot of minutes and he's going to have to log a lot of minutes, especially against the Suzuki to fully Caulfield line and against, you know, against, well, frankly, any line on that team because Montreal controls them. Um, if, is Kucherov healthy? Is he, was he back from game seven? I didn't actually watch game seven. But, uh, he did play in game seven and he, he, he looked fine to me. Uh, he didn't. Re- I mean, there wasn't much going on that game. I felt like it was just kind of back and forth, and then at the end, it was just the Islanders trying to score and got a few good chances. But no, yeah, sure. I, I, Kucherov, he's gonna. The guy is lethal. He's gonna be fine. I think. I don't think there's any issue with him. I, there might be something like lingering injury, but like at this point, guys are every guy's playing. Yeah. Everyone's hurt. Yeah, everyone's hurt in some way. I think Ian asked about weaknesses, and the the thing is, like, it's tough. Tampa's so good, and they're eighteen million dollars over the cap. But again, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, um, Vasilevsky's health as well. Again, he's another second. Like I said, another run in two years, and it's the X factor for the series is going to come down to who's better, Price or Vasilevsky. And yeah, that's uh, I think that's the main thing because that's the realistically. I think if you ask any player, like I, I saw a thing where it's like. I think most people think Vasilevsky's the best in the world, but I've seen like every year I see videos of the players saying like who's the best. Like someone asks them who the best, and it's usually always Carey Price, because I think it's it's different playing against Carey Price than it is Vasilevsky, because you don't really have the star-studded defense on Montreal as you do on on Tampa, really, with like Sergeyev, McDonough, and all those guys. Um, but yeah, I guess it does come down to the to the goalkeeping. Um, the other thing is just scoring, like or even I guess the trying to stop Tampa from scoring because I'm pretty sure the fifth, let me go to the stats. I have them here. 
I think the fifth leading score on Tampa would be the leading score on Montreal in points. So, I mean, that just that alone, you got to stop those guys from scoring Tampa, which I think Montreal is capable of. I don't know if they can do it over the course of seven games. Uh, but yeah, it's not that I don't think Montreal can score. I think it's the fact that Tampa will just overwhelm them if if Montreal is going to take like a goal fest instead of like locking them down defensively. But we, I was going to say, Scott, I think we talked about it before. Or maybe I was chatting with my dad about it, about how Steven Stamkos, ridiculously good player. Yeah, sure. Maybe the fifth best player on the Lightning. Yeah. Like, the, li- like the Lightning are just oh, yeah. so good. And he's like the fourth or, fifth yeah. best pl- fourth or fifth best player on the team. Cooch, like, point, Cooch point, Hedman, and... Uh, and Bass. Yeah. In no particular order. I would, I mean, everyone can, you can argue different orders for all five of those guys. You could say, yeah. you know, it's up in the air. Like, anyone will have a different. Shout opinion. out Kalorn, too. That guy's a yeah, Killorn. He yeah. is so underrated. He's, a, it's, he's it's insane how, like, he's, he would be the leading scorer on the other team, Montreal, by three points. Like, that's, like, this guy is good, too. And another thing, you know, about the whole Tampa Bay roster, and I talked about, you know, their lack of depth earlier. I think I was more referring to, their, their depth not being able to score. They're yeah, because uh, yeah. you're not really tr- trying to get trust in Ross Colton and like those guys to score. I mean, yeah. I talk about depth. I mean, I guess what's his name did score the game winner yesterday, Yanni Gord. Yanni I mean, Gord, he, yeah. he gets yeah. paid a good amount. He's a good player. but He is a good player. And that, that's the thing, I'm, you know, but to, my, to, our, to my point more, is like these are all guys that played in Syracuse. You know, Kaloran, Palat, um, Gord, Sorelli for a time, um, Calfoot, you said Rav. You could even... Look at Jan Ruda, Eric Chernak, all these guys. They're not free agents. They're draft picks of Tampa Bay. Yeah, and they all came up. Like These guys, yeah. like, that, that. I mean, a lot of it's because Steve. I mean, the point thing was from Steve. He moved up, like, Steve Eisman moved up one single pick. He gave a, I think it was the 80th overall pick and a seventh rounder to move up to the 79th just to get point. And, I mean, you don't, who moves up one spot in the third round? Because at that point, you're like, if you just wait another pick, he's probably going to be there because everyone's got, everyone's um, draft uh, scouting is all different. Their draft board is all very Yeah, but, like, I guess, yeah. like, Steve's eyes are fucking amazing, man, honestly. Yeah. Gives me hope as a Red Wings. Yeah. <laughs> you should. Uh, real. Look at, you know, all the draft picks the Wings are stockpiling now at this point. Uh, players to watch slash potential difference makers in this series. Uh, Rob, I'll start with you. Do you got a player to watch or uh, a difference Kalorn, maker? Kalorn, I think Palat, because I, I wouldn't say it's underwhelming just because – he, I mean, I think it's because the fact he's had really good regular seasons in the past, but I think Palak can really turn it up too. Um, for Montreal, it's always, I think it was always Armia for me because I mean, the guy's skilled. He was taken, I think, you know, as a, a lottery pick. I think it was eleventh Buffalo in twenty eleven. But I mean, I don't know. Once he comes back, hopefully soon, I think he can be one. Um, I mean, Corey Perry's their fourth leading scorer, so I guess that's another guy you can. Uh, the veterans, I think the veterans might have to step up a bit in here because uh, I don't know if the young guys can really carry carry these guys in the in the final against that team. So Stall Perry, I mean, they got Stall at the trade deadline for this reason, for for the veteran leadership. So hopefully he can uh, turn it up. Uh, Scott, players to watch, potential different makers in the Stanley Cup Finals. Philip um, he and his line are gonna if they can shut down Kucherov, Point Palat, I think the Canadians will win the Stanley Cup. And it's simple enough. They're the the three of them. Could drop point a lot. You don't. I don't know how you stop them. To be honest, there's there's not many ways to do it. You um, just hope to contain them. <laughs> that's the thing, and that's what they're gonna have to do. If you get in Montreal, can't take penalties. If they're gonna take penalties, they're gonna be dead in five games. It's not gonna be pretty. But if yeah, they, even with their penalty kill, I don't trust them. That's not against a, that power that's play. That's kind of my point. Because again, they haven't really seen a potent potent power play since. Well, not in not this postseason. Not this postseason. Like Toronto was really shaky all year. Don't Vegas is on another level, and like Winnipeg didn't do anything. So this yeah. is like the first like real challenge they're gonna see, and it's a it's probably the realest challenge they're ever gonna see. Like maybe Colorado would have been one, but like like Tampa's and Colorado like Loki are just interchangeable <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Well, it, it would have been you know, again in hindsight, in, looking back, it would have been one hell of a Colorado Montreal series. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. would Quebec versus Montreal. That would have been big. Yeah. So, I don't think we, if we mentioned his name yet. I have to talk about Cole Caulfield. 
Because that dude rocks. Yeah. That yeah, dude scored it. That, that dude scored as many goals in this the past round as Vegas forwards did. Um, I think he scored more than Vegas forwards. If I'm I, I know it was the top. He scored double the top six forwards in that series. Yeah. And pretty much just the kid rocks. Like, it, instead of worrying about, you know, what can, you know, what might he be able to do or what he doesn't have, like, with the size and physicality, it's like, no, the dude just scores goals for you. Yeah. That's, I that's mean, like, he's just a, such a pure goal scorer. It's, it's amazing to watch. It's, and, it's, I just imagine, I think I've always thought about like this, even if it is draft, like draft year when like, yeah, I think he had 72 goals or something that one he's played in 64 games or something, but yeah, it, like, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. Imagine if this guy had like even more height, imagine like this guy's lethal at this, like at like five, seven. If he was six feet, he would have been first overall pick. Oh yeah, he would have been. That's and I don't get how fourteen teams, including my team, and my and, team, and, and I mean, what team. was it? Your pick was yeah. I guess all so we we took cider. Cider's not bad. Pod Colson is bad. Zegris, his Zegris isn't bad. I guess we got away with it, but I guess maybe that cla- that class is so loaded, but it still yeah, makes you wonder yeah. with with Caulfield scoring yeah, so many even, goals. Even playoff. I still think Hughes and Kako is fine. I I think and you know like Philly you take Cam York with like, I think you have Provorov Sanheim. I don't know if Cam York was the really right decision there. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a lot of teams that I felt like could have definitely used them. Even the Canucks. I, I don't mind pod calls and I just have, we have to see them. Same with uh, your guy too, Ian. We still have to see him. I Same guess at the, the, at the NHL level. Yeah. Right. Like, but like from what, like I think cider won defenseman of the year in the SHL, right? Yeah. And the SHL has a 19 year old. And, and, yeah, like just a, like those. It's not a that league's a tough league. Is ex, ex NHLers in that league, and then nineteen twenty year old. Excuse me. Yeah, Pod put uh, Pod Coles in is pretty good in the KHL too. I don't know. We have to we have to see. But and and Zegers obviously with Team USA Zegers this past year, a he's, beast, he, man. He, he like his team situation is obviously not great, but still between San Diego and Anaheim, still yeah. putting up good stats. Yeah, he should be. Him and Jamie will definitely be up. On the first team next year on on the NHL team, oh, I hope full time. They're yeah. they're there. They and gotta be. The Ducks are gonna have some other young guys too coming up, but that's that's a conversation for in a couple months. We'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Who wins this series and in how many games? I do. You want, I do you want me to start. Do you want yeah, me to let's, say? Let's hear your your thoughts first, big guy. I am gonna take the Habs to win in six games. Nice. Uh, I'm also taking it as just a pick that I hope happens. I'm not totally upset if Tampa Bay wins because I think Tampa Bay is turning into a bit of a heel, turning into like the Trey Young villain that we're seeing in the NBA right now. And I think that's good for the league. I think the league needs that. Not everybody can be, you know, cool. And, oh, look at these guys. These guys are great. Like, you got to have some villains. You got to have some people for people to hate, for fans to hate. And Tampa Bay can be that team. Um I, I just really want Carey Price to win the cup. I, it doesn't matter if Montreal wins as long as Carey Price gets the cup. That's what's uh, important to me. Do you for. ever think he, he leaves that team or at all to like go somewhere I, else? I've talked about him going to Vancouver because he's from BC, obviously, and the Canucks goaltending situation has been – like obviously Markstrom's been good. I think it's been bad in the past, but I think, but, I think the Demko thing to get him for locked down for five years is definitely like straightened it out a bit. And that's just it. Like in five years from now, as kind of, um, I don't know how to describe it, as kind of a, well, you're available and we might need a goalie and you're from here. Like not so much as actually. That would have to be like an insane trade where like realistically Tampa or Tampa, sorry, Montreal would have to probably carry half his salary for a few yeah. years for like, like that it, big contract. So it would be a, it would be an insane trade with a lot of like little nitty gritty things such as like the, the salary cap, the salary cap and all that. I'll just say, I think that's the only other, t- if Price ever plays for another NHL team, which probably he won't, I think it's Vancouver. I can't yeah. see him playing for any, any other NHL team yeah. outside of Vancouver. Yeah. I don't but, me either. But I got Montreal in six. Uh, Scott, who do you have? I'm going to say Tampa Bay in six, but I really hope I'm wrong, to be honest. Um, I'd, it'd be great to see Montreal win another cup. It'd be great to see a Canadian team win a cup. I just think that the league, the league needs that too. Speaking about things, you know, yeah, Tampa winning would make them a quote villain as a team that you know, oh, we got to get over these to beat these guys to get to the. I mean, yeah, it's. I'd even consider it like you could argue it as a modern day dynasty, just because you're not going to really yeah. see dynasties such as like you saw yeah. the Islanders kind of I, thing. And- 
I had this conversation with my dad. I think you need to be to win three to be considered. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just because I call it a modern day one because you really it's it's so hard to win three, especially in hockey. Yeah, in, and, the, in the NHL, it's almost like I consider Chicago in my head. I consider yeah. Chicago during that phase, like 2012 to whatever to whatever they won their last one uh, dynasty. In my I head, that, I agree. I'm with you. And there. but like even this one, like. 2019 they had the best season like one of the best seasons ever i know like panarin fucked them i'm sorry that's essentially what they did but then but they won the cup last year then this year they're like on the verge of it so i mean if they win this year i I, in my head that's a dynasty to go from the best regular season to cup and another one right true especially through all these times and you know i know and throughout the time and maintaining the whole like essentially the same core throughout it not losing many guys right like even like improving in a sense too with yeah. like Coleman, get Coleman, and that guy's good. That guy's a good player. It was the a first round pick to give up. Yeah, man, that, that's a that's a good team. That's a good team. So who I are you taking? For, yeah, I was gonna say who are you taking to win? Uh, Montreal in seven. I think Montreal gets it in seven games if they were to win. Um, I don't know. I think they can. I think uh, my in my head like the games I feel like are gonna go as such as like Tampa win will win the first one. I think it'll just be a bunch of splits in the four in the first four games. They're like they'll split it, and then I don't know. I guess I feel like Tampa will win game game five, but Montreal has been so resilient they'll win game six back in Montreal, and then game seven. Honestly, I think game seven could if it goes to that point, it will just go. It'll just be like a, the same thing as the Islanders thing. It'll just yeah. be a one nothing game, and it's whoever not, scores wins. This is this series has a setup of being a David versus Goliath, and an actually an interesting classic. I think that's got it's got the the aura kind of of that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. yeah. If it was, say, Vegas, Tampa, like, okay, it's two juggernauts, the best team's going to win. If yeah. it's Vegas, the Islanders, like, great. It's a good series, too. Islanders, Vegas, like, or... Um, yeah, in a, in a sense, I even consider it, like, close to, like, a St. Louis-Boston thing, like a 2019. Almost. Because, yeah, like, you got, the, you got the guys... I mean, St. Louis is bought of the league, and Montreal was... I mean, Montreal started off the team, like, like started off the year really good. I remember saying, like, these guys just peaked early. And that's and they did for the regular season at least yeah. I was right and then obviously I don't know the playoffs have been something else but it's kind of thing where you got guys that like you know I mean it's, I felt bad for Barzell when he was talking about like you know how much how many how many more times is Andy Green and like you know Bailey really gonna make it to the finals <laughs> like that's and he was talking about that and how I also don't think it's <laughs> I'm just going on a fucking run right now like, on a tangent but like you shouldn't be really asking guys questions right after they lost about like, I feel like that's a brutal way that a gel talks to people. Is that, is that true? Like, do you think that like, guess, um, like right after a, like the big loss, like you're just telling like, oh, I know it sucks, but like, how do you feel? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I don't, like, well, I don't know if we should also be do like my thing. This is my prediction. I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but yeah. I, I I believe by the end of this decade that the post game media scrum is just going to be gone because I feel like all I these don't inter- mind. all all these interviews in the future are just going to be podcast interviews or guest appearances or the Jimmy Fallon bullshit yeah. of and, like and, of like just doing just doing an inter you know a a, a, a scheduled regular interview a sit-down interview and that's what it's going to be because the media thing is just getting yeah. a bit ridiculous like i think there is some place for it but i don't know if it's totally fair to ask yeah, a guy like, before or after they won a loss or i'm fine with like weekly media days or something but like certain like yeah. and even in a sense like i like the podcast thing or like going on a podcast going out because then you're promoting someone else and at the same time i feel like the podcast will be more like more intimate you get to learn more about the player more about like how i guess the team works and all that in my opinion it's a more casual setting yeah like like hockey players do have personalities it's just because it's so routine all the time i mean it's also like you're taught to in hockey you're taught to like be just Sidney crosby just like i'm fine with this connor mcdavid like well yeah we'll get we'll get him next year yeah. yeah, it's just like we'll get them next year, and like I, the group of guys we have is great, and like you know, I you don't really get that on podcast. You get to see like really, I mean, the spit and chick one does it the best. I I, know, yeah. I think like with the like interviewing the players, I, you learn the most about anything. Um, what else? So what was I on before the Barzal thing? I just kind of like you talked about Barzal and Andy Green get not getting. Yeah, I was like, it's, it's kind of like comparable to St. Louis, Boston, in a sense where you got like, I mean, St. Louis they had Bo Meester. How many more chances did he, did he was he gonna have? 
And Jordan like, Bennington probably wasn't going to get a better chance after that. I mean, <laughs> especially the way he's been playing recently. But, I mean, he had an amazing game seven. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like that sense where, like, Boston's this big, big like, you know, he got, like, Marchand, Pasta, like, Bergeron, and then St. Louis. You, you know, you got Tarasenko. You got these guys. You got Petrangelo. You got O'Reilly where, like, they're good. But, like, Boston's another level. So I mean I think I think Montreal can do it in seven. I I don't know if you I don't know I I just if they go down quick if it's a two zero I don't think they can pull it back in my opinion I think it's too hard against this team they might win one or two but I don't think you can fully recover from that. Yeah, and like like I said earlier, it's going to be a classic. It's going to be an instant yeah. classic. I think I honestly think it will be, and it's the first Stanley Cup with having fans back now after the pandemic. Yeah. And, Dude, I think there's all what Montreal is going to be scammed out of this if they don't get like fan. They, they, I don't, in my opinion, I feel like it's dumb to have 50,000 people outside and not and just have 2,500 inside. Uh, yeah. a, arena of that stature has like world class ventilation systems. Okay. Like it'll be fine, in, in my opinion. Like having that many guys packed outside and, will be the and, same thing. Oh, I was going to say, and if you're fully, like if the people coming in are fully vaccinated. Yeah. Or, and that too. Like this, it's, I just don't think, I think it's just like, I mean, that's just the way Canada does it. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, a bit more, we're, we're a bit more conservative here. Like we'll have another, you know, probably safer summer compared to the States and then yeah. go back to normal. I, I think Alberta's opening up fully on the first and Saskatchewan. Well, they're, well, they're, they're, a the different, they're a different breed, Alberta. Yeah, but I, I think I think, I think Quebec, in a sense, is a different breed. But, uh, I mean, that, I mean you can see the fans. <laughs> you, yeah, you see the fans. I mean, lighting fireworks in the middle of the city. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I think the fans deserve it, especially Montreal fans, because th- that place, imagine Bell Centre right now, like the game three of the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> there, It's like a 1-1 tie, imagine. Like, imagine that place. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so just just to confirm and wrap this up uh, for this segment. Uh, so I'm taking the halves in six. Uh, Scott, you have the lightning in six. Lightning in six, and I hope I'm wrong. Lightning in six, you hope you're wrong. And then Rav has the halves in seven. All right, so there you go. That's our Stanley Cup finals preview. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, this next story we're going to talk about, it's a bit sensitive, uh, just an FYI. Um we're going to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks and the sexual assault, alleged sexual assault story within the organization. Um, just a few things in my own words here. I probably am not the person who should be, I, I feel like on the podcast, we should acknowledge it and we should be you know, yeah. re- reporting on it. Um, I'm not the most informed person. I've read the article. I feel like I have an idea, but there's probably more informed people who actually know what, is going on and can talk about this however i just i feel like it is something that we should report and we should recognize um and if you haven't heard the story so there it's it's a complicated one but um there is allegedly sexual assaults of i believe two players within the chicago blackhawks team on their 2010 stanley cup winning team uh and it happened with a coach, a member of the coaching staff. The team didn't report on it when it was alleged at the time. And apparently it it was an open secret uh, within the team that this happened. Um, I'll throw it to you guys. If you guys have anything that you want to say or or comment on it, uh, feel free. But I I think we have to preface this as well with the reason why this is a big topic now. And that's because Mark Bergevin, current Montreal Canadiens general manager, was the director of player personnel for the the Chicago Blackhawks at the time. And that's why. Well, I was going to say the other thing, too, is that Stan Bowman is the current GM uh, within like for the Chicago Blackhawks and this coach. Had, was charged for sexual assault, uh, I believe, at a high school or a college hockey team. Yeah, it was. A, he, it was a, I think it was a high school. I think it was like grade tw- ah, I forgot. He, he's he's done this again. This is not yeah. a one-time incident. Like this has been a recurring theme in this coach's career. Um, but I mean, yeah. uh, to to Bergevin's defense, he did, he came out today saying he wasn't aware of any allegations back then he didn't know anything of it and he said just so you can go on the record with that is what he said but i don't know in a sense you could say that's hard to believe because the, the article said it was an open secret and everyone on the 2010 team knew 
So I, I it's kind of a, it's hard. It's a, it's a very great, to your point, Ralph, it's a very great area. Who knows, like, is the whole team just the players and coaching staff or is it actually upper management? Including- yeah. I mean, it's insane to me that it just came out now. Like, like you think one of the guys would say something like, Ugh. I guess the 2010 was a different time. Even now, like it's just, it's a hockey thing too, where like, I mean, oh, you don't say that, anything. You, you, you Yeah. It's the McDavid thing again, where like, you're just kind of there, like you're just there, the media just to say what you need to say. And then you're back out on the ice and it's just a constant circle. You shut you shove everything down so you don't have to say anything. To yeah, you just don't have to deal with it kind of thing, which is, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of sad. It's brutal. Hockey breeds the culture of the whole man up thing and don't yeah. show your feelings. And that is, again, I've been a believer of this for a long time, is that it's always been a problem. And that's unfortunate. But some play, you know, some players, like, it's just, that's just really shitty because some players, you don't, you shouldn't have to man up for some things. And especially something like this is, it's not acceptable. It's, absolutely not acceptable if these allegations are true obviously but um even like still sexual assault of any kind is horrible and should not happen so that's and part of the other thing too is that i i don't want to throw blame around here because i mean we can blame everybody and we can start throwing names around and that doesn't really solve the problem that doesn't really uh fix anything for anybody because again we have an alleged incident here um it's more just about what we or at least for myself what can i do or what can we do to help solve the problem to help fix it so that this doesn't happen again and i think part of that stems from having the conversation and talking about it uh this is it's not the first time this has happened it's probably not the last time it's going to happen so at least if we can be open about it and have a conversation uh, about sexual assault and this is a pretty serious one I don't know if there's going to be any repercussions for the Blackhawks or the NHL. It sure doesn't sound like it. It sounds like there isn't an investigation pending right now. So that's the little, little, yeah, little worrisome, I mean, but it, I was reading the article. It, it, it's, I guess in my opinion, it's, it, it's something that was definitely pushed down by the management too, because they gave the, the accused guy a positive job reference after they kind of knew about stuff going on. So it's it's i feel like there's more to it than we know and i don't know i don't know anything i don't know anything like what else to say it's it's just a, it's it's, such a touchy subject that it's i don't hard know to know it. all the facts too and that's the yeah. part is you know us speaking i've, I've read the or only read the article once and i read it about half an hour to an hour ago and it's very hard to really get a great grasp on the subject and get to understand what's really happening here without being there and experiencing it it's there's so many moving parts to it and it's hard like uh, to you guys, both you guys' point, it's hard to know what else to say and what else to really talk about without knowing all the facts. And I think that's with a lot, of, like with a lot of things, but especially this subject, it is very touchy. And you don't, you don't want to say anything, or you don't want to go on the record about saying anything before you know everything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping. I mean, I hope that like one of the the guys on the team, or like that were on the team, can give some light into it. It probably is a different thing to talk about so i see like that i could see why no one would talk about it at all but it, it, that's i feel like that would be the best way to really see not like one of the guys who assaulted but just one of the guys that were on the team just to see what it was like when this was going on uh i, I i'll just say i think one of the biggest takeaways or one of the things we can all learn from this is to communicate and to be open with people i don't think you should be afraid to uh talk about your feelings talk about your emotions or how you're feeling with friends, family, it might be difficult, but, um, and especially in the case of something like sexual assault, that's something that you should let somebody know if that happens, if you see it happening, or if you've been a victim of it, tell somebody that's key. Uh, you just got to communicate in, in all, in all regards. Um, it, yeah, it, I, I, I just hate to see something like this happen if this is true. And, Hopefully the right people who are responsible for potentially covering this up uh, get something, get some sort of punishment. But this is the NHL and this is who the, you know, the league is. It's just kind of, ah, this will go away in a few days and then we can talk about the finals or something like that. So um, any, any other, credit, by the way, to Rick Westhead and TSN. Rick is an investigative journalist. He does a bunch of these kind of stories for TSN. Really good piece, really good you know, 
article if you haven't already seen he's had a few of the articles on this go check it out uh but credit to wick rick and uh tsn for bringing this to the forefront for everybody um any other final thoughts takeaways things you want to say about this before we move on uh, all right all right um finally uh we got one more hockey thing before our mailbag segment uh seattle kraken uh hired dave haxtell to be their new head coach um scott rev thoughts on the hire for haxtell i like it yeah it's it's a good fit it's gonna be it's kind of very i guess in a way a similar hire to what happened with the short kind of under under the radar type of hiring i wasn't expecting it to be haxtell but again he was in the running and he got the job so um good for him and well, well, again, we'll see what happens. It's hard to know without having a team in front of them to be able to say anything, right? So, uh, Rab, thoughts on the Hackstall hiring for the um, for the Kraken? I mean, it is a coach. I know a lot of uh, Flyers fans were uh, weren't really fans of him, and a lot of Flyers fans were just like pointing at Seattle fans and just and just being like, "Oh, have fun." So I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think he's probably that bad of a coach, even though his track record's not the best. I think he lost. When was he the coach? I know he's the coach from 2015 to something. In 2015 to 18, I think he had like an NHL 500 record or a little bit above 500 Uh, point percentage. Uh, Yeah, he lost in the first round and did the classic Flyers thing where you miss the next year and then lose in the first round again. (laughs) And then he got fired, so he didn't even get to miss the playoffs the next year. Yeah, he didn't even get that chance. I mean, he started off 12-15-4. So, I mean, I think it was bound to come. Uh, Yeah, I guess most people think he's just – he's a coach. That's what I've seen on most uh, threads that I've read about him. Um, We'll see. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where you – you know, I don't. I don't know until I see a team around, like hey, like him. Once I see a team, I can like see like how how it's gonna go. Um, I think him and Ron Francis already had a relationship from before too, so maybe that played a factor. But yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, so like you mentioned, Rob Haxel was the coach in Philadelphia. Uh, was the assistant coach from 2019 to 2021 in Toronto. He primarily worked on their defense, and Toronto's defense improved quite a bit this season with the Brody signing. Just, I think, all around the, the defense was better this season with Toronto. Uh, obviously, Hackstall comes from the University of North Dakota, where he's had a, a successful collegiate career. I think he made 11 uh, NCAA ice hockey tournaments for Frozen Four, so he's got some experience with the University mm-hmm. of North Dakota. I think the key, the, the thing I would focus on or keep in mind when it comes to the Kraken is that uh, this might push Seattle to go in the win now mode uh, because I think Hackstall is ready to win now. I don't think, I mean, yeah. Hackstall might be a developer. He's had success, success developing players at the University of North Dakota, but I think this might be the incentive that gets Hackstall and Seattle to the postseason in their uh. first year, but. Um, I, I don't know if you could really create the success of Vegas. Again, I think teams definitely this time are not going to be just throwing around players like Theodore to protect Vermette or something, or, you know, giving the March assault. What was it? Vermette, uh, Cogliano. I mean, keep in mind, Vermette retired the next year. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, but wasn't it uh, Brandon Montour as well that the Anaheim had to protect? It was one other player. I forgot. Cool. It was, they were protecting Josh. The Ducks were protecting Josh Manson. Josh Manson, that's who. So it was. and Sammy Vaughn, and so they. Um, yeah, and that's the other guy. Vegas got Shea Theodore and Clayton Stoner. They picked Clayton Stoner in the draft. And yeah, that's good. Did. Yeah, that's good cap dump. But I mean, three mil. You know, to, to, getting Shea Theodore. <laughs> you know, Shea Theodore than. Uh, and considering Sammy he was their like best defenseman the previous year, like playoff run. It, I don't know. I don't know if that was the best one. Even. The Marchesol thing to give him Marchesol to protect Petrovic. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't think teams will let go again. Like you can't re- like I don't even mind the Carlson one. It's the other ones are really brutal in my opinion. Um, well, I think it, the teams will be much more conservative and not just handing around players. You know, because well, what the other one was getting a they got a first round pick which turned into Branstrom, which they flipped for Stone essentially with like a bunch of other guys. So I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that uh that that have to still have to we have to see what happens because i don't think teams will be as a uh, 
as open as they were with Vegas. Uh, Vegas, even in their first, I believe it was, was, was Vegas's first draft pick, Nick Suzuki or Cody Glass? Cody Glass was Cody, Cody Glass. Glass, and then Suzuki was the year after, wasn't he? Uh, same draft, just a couple picks. Oh, first, 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 later first rounder. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing I want to mention, too, is that the Pacific Division looks like it's going to blow next season. It's going to suck. So maybe see how it gets in, uh, in that yeah. week Pacific. Well, yeah, it is a pretty weak division. You're not wrong. So, um, can't wait to see the uh, Kraken when they first come to Vancouver. Rav and I are probably going to go to that game. Uh, Dude, I, I played NHL with the Canucks for the first time in a month. I'm like, oh, I, it's good watching some playoff hockey, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that bottom six is a – and even the way the defense is shaped right now to have, like, that much offense is kind of brutal, but I don't know. <laughs> well, do you know that? Do you know that Beagle makes more than Perry and Stahl? You don't need it. No, no, no. Yeah, I know Perry makes. Oh, really? No. And he was on waivers. Yeah, we could have got him. No, but we took the other guys on waivers, VC and uh, Boyd. Yeah, those guys were uh, those guys were okay. Um, should we go to the mailbag sec- section to end this pod? Yeah. Sure. yeah, sure. All right, let me uh, let me pull up the mailbag questions here. I think we only got two questions. Uh, this week for the pot or for this episode uh ian davidson uh syp olympic coverage this summer question mark question mark question mark so i think this is two things i should mention for the first thing is that we're probably not doing syp olympics this summer just because of our schedules and just trying to schedule it we might do a couple events but i don't know if these are all olympics like we had planned last year we might do a couple events but maybe not olympics um we have, I, I, we've kind of thought about doing Olympic coverage, but it's, it's tough to predict or cover the Olympics this year without, all, without also being yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of athletes have decided not to show up, so it's hard to know who the field's really going to be without New basketball. Well, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, so pretty much for at least myself, I'll be covering rugby, which there's a couple of rugby sevens tournaments taking place. We'll be talking basketball, I'm sure. Even the other thing I want to mention, so they're doing three-on-three basketball. Uh, that's a new sport at this year's Olympics. And they totally missed the opportunity to have LeBron dunking on Croatians or some poor Eastern European nation. Because that's the fun of watching Olympic basketball <laughs> is watching some poor souls. Watching Vince dunk over like some random European dude. Yeah, just watching poor souls have to go up against pro NBA players who make millions to play a, chill, a child's game. And they're just doing their best and they get destroyed by LeBron. And instead we have like NBA flameouts uh, playing in the uh, three on three basketball. That's that's So we'll probably have coverage for the three on three basketball. We'll probably have coverage of basketball. Maybe we'll do daily pods depending on how much shit I got going on. Maybe we'll do like a quick recap pod. Maybe Scott and I will do something. I don't know. We'll do something for the Olympics. We'll figure it out. Um, Rab, maybe you'll get it on our Olympic. Uh, Rab, what sport would you want to cover for the Olympic? Do you want to cover the field hockey? The uh... I don't know if I I could be able to cover the, this Olympics. I, I would definitely cover cover win, Winter Olympics. I think just because that's more to my liking. Uh, it, it's just I don't know if I I've never really even watched a Summer Olympics besides uh, I think 2012 London. <laughs> that was the last yeah. one I really paid attention to. I guess just because it was in London, it was cool. But yeah, there wasn't really. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm definitely a Winter Olympics guy, just because of the. I mean, guess where we like where we grew up, the, like skiing and all that stuff is much cooler to watch, in my opinion, than mm-hmm. than whatever shock put. I watched the Rio Olympics. Um, that was summer of 2016. That was a summer kind of where I don't know what happened. There might have been like some forest fire smoke in this part of the world, um, and we were stuck inside. So um, the Olympics were on, and I was like great let's watch some olympics and that was the year they had golf uh justin rose won gold and that was also when brooke henderson was starting to get kind of good at golf and um when she kind of burst on the scene and that was just cool watching golf in the olympics and that was fun for me to um watch. other sports yeah other sports i know that are in the olympics include water polo which pierre mcguire was commentating on in 2016 yeah pierre mcguire was commentating on water polo. wow <laughs> uh and the other thing is that handball that game slaps i love handball i loved playing that when we were in gym class uh i i i, I love so the handball we played in gym class is far from the actual handball sport no, I, okay I, I, oh, 
I hope you know that. No, I know, but like the the same concept of like throwing a ball into a net, I think uh, yes. is cool. Yeah. Um, so so that's our SYP Olympics coverage. Uh, some Olympics coverage, I guess, is the answer there. Uh, Jevin LeFay from the Left Side Heavy Pod. Uh, shout out Jevin. We got a big thing coming up with Jevin that we're going to announce here in a little bit. Um, not on this podcast, just later on this week probably. Uh, he asked best original six jersey. I don't. He doesn't say. Cur- he doesn't say current or past. He just says best original six jersey. Um, well, I, so, I guess so. Let's. So the original six teams are obviously Toronto, Montreal, Chicago, Detroit, Boston, and pull, Rangers. Um, for me, right off the bat, it would probably just be like Detroit or Rangers. I don't know. Those are my. I guess those are my two favorite out of the six, but. I don't know. Let me. What do I, you was guys gonna, I was going to say the Rangers. I, I think Toronto's jerseys are nicer. Toronto deserves a bit of credit with their jerseys because they're better than what they used to be in like the late 2000s. Um, I, that's true. That's the point. I would probably even say Montreal. Like the one team I don't, I, I don't think Boston's jerseys are compared to the other original six teams. I don't think Boston's are that good. Yeah, me neither. I, I think that's probably my least. Um, the Rangers one, I, I think I like the most just because it's the most classic. It's just a classic one, you know, just Rangers. Yeah. And it's always been a thing. I've never got – no one's really ever gotten sick of that one. It's It's been a thing. Even, like, the, the reverse retro style. I forgot. I don't even know what you call it. The Statue of Liberty. Uh, li- the Lady Liberty jerseys. Lady, Lady Liberty. Liberty jerseys. Even, like, the ones they wore, like, back in 06 and, like, those days in the reverse oh, retro. Amer- America League jerseys, yeah. Yeah, the America <laughs> League jerseys. Uh, you know, those jerseys are, I think those ones are my favorite out of all. I have, I mean, I have Detroit Jersey too. Chicago's good just cause it's like a classic one too, but I would say the, those three American teams are my favorite. I have three that come to mind and they're all kind of from significant moments in these three teams. Um, like I guess franchise histories, uh, re- 90s Rangers jerseys, the one with when Messi was on the team. Yeah. Uh, those are classics. Uh, probably my, one of my favorite original six jerseys. I'm also going to say Chicago's one of their winter classic jerseys. I think it would have been 09. Whatever one they had with Taves on the cover of NHL 10. I think that I think it was that jersey. That when one they, when they played at Wrigley. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. They were um yeah, black, those jerseys were the those black jerseys. like with the little crest in the middle. Yeah. Sure, I think sure. that was sick. Um so that's two. And then the other one, Montreal's just timeless. And again, they've had the same jersey set up since the 30s. And that, to me, I just, it's really cool. I love what they do with their jerseys. And yeah. If I had to pick a, like, if I had to rank, I guess, original six jerseys, I think this, this is everybody's entire set of jerseys. I think I would probably go the Rangers, Montreal, Chicago, uh, Detroit and Toronto because both of their reverse retro jerseys suck, and then probably Boston. Okay, that's not bad actually. That's, that's probably how I would Good rank them. Current original six jersey um, sets that teams have now. Um, that's the mailbag. Just two questions. Um, I think that's just the pot as well. I think we could just end it there, boys. Anything you want to say before we head out here? Um, yeah, I mean, just the Tampa Bay Montreal thing. That's gonna be. I don't know. I don't know whether to see a lot of goals or whether there be a lot of goals or not. I mean, those are arguably the two best goalies of the generation, really. Yeah. The only one I can think of that really comes close, even I think you could even argue he's much better than them is Henrik Lundqvist this generation. But like besides Flurry, that, Flurry Lundqvist. Uh, I would say, yeah, I guess like in my opinion, I think Lundqvist is better than Flurry overall, just because of the consistency over the years throughout the playoffs and and the regular season he's never really had a bad season where price flurry maybe not flurry in the regular season but playoffs he's just never been consistent at all um yeah i i'd i just think this this goalie matchup is going to be nice to watch yeah i agree two of the two of the best in the show and it's gonna like i said earlier on the pod yeah it's gonna come down to who, who's the best who's the best goalie who's hot and it's i think you know i think it's gonna be vasilevsky but i hope it's price yeah. All right. Difference. That's Amy. the po- that's the podcast. I hope Montreal wins. I'm rooting for Carey Price. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you live in BC, uh, make sure to drink water. Uh, make sure to stay in the shade. 
Uh, don't walk on your back patio without some sort of shoes or flip-flops or sandals on because I've made that mistake a couple. It's concrete kind of tiles that are in my back patio. Uh, so that was kind of a mistake walking out there in my bare feet. Uh, but be sure to drink water, stay safe, stay in the shade, maybe go to a lake. Uh, Scott, do you have a favorite lake in Squamish that you prefer a go-to lake if you're going to go cool off? Yeah, go to Brome when it's in the, during the week when it's not busy. Go to Brome during the go week. That's Brome. Yeah, there's other lakes I'm not going to mention on the podcast because it's public knowledge and I don't want to spoil some of the secrets. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, Good go to Brome. Go to Brome. That's Scott's uh, advice for the week. Go to Brome this week. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you know where to find us. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Like this video on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the channel as well. YouTube content has been kicking butt lately, so be sure to get in more on, more on that. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. We'll do this again soon. Peace out.